today on Training Group Live. Some shooters have rules they follow in creating stage plans, such as never leave on steel, never shoot to your full magazine capacity, and always pick a plan that requires the least amount of steps. Jason Bradley and John Anderson discuss which rules are valid and which rules are myths as we discuss things we look for while creating stage plans. Welcome to Training Group Live, your home for all things practical shooting. So make ready, it's time to train. Welcome to Training Group Live. Today, I have a very special guest and a familiar voice. So first of all, Jason, Mr. Jason Bradley. Hello. Yeah, you have to say hi. And then a new voice to the podcast, John Anderson. Hello. Uh, I won't make John introduce himself. Uh, what could we say about John? John's been around shooting for as long as I have, probably. John is M-class, but he should be GM. Uh, John's hopefully won't take this as a, I mean, I mean, as a compliment. John's shooting sometimes looks very uneventful, where he just rolls through, hits everything, and you're not like, oh, wow, that was so, like, something. You know, you're, and then you're just like, oh, he really did really well. It just, he just, like, rolls through and hits the stuff, and uh, that makes him pretty lethal at matches. So, anyway, uh, John's got a lot of experience. He travels all over the country shooting matches. Oh, he mainly shoots production. Is that fair? Is there anything I missed? No, that's about it. John's also very modest and humble. So, all right. Uh, guys, we had some listener questions. And uh, I want to take one of those because I think it's it's pretty interesting. So, here we go. Sorry, were you getting ready to say something, Jason? Nope. Oh, all right. Uh, okay, here's the question. Do top shooters have general and or strict rules, in quotes, they abide by for stage plans, they apply during walkthroughs. What are myths and what are not? Some examples are always shoot into positions when they can or shoot out of positions. Pickup targets are available in multiple positions from a later or earlier position. Uh, don't end on steel. Let's see, choose plans the least amount of steps, hip orientation, you know, all kinds of random stuff that people come up with rules. So I think it'd be interesting to discuss some of the maybe rules that, you know, people think are rules and discuss if we think those are valid or not. And, uh, you know, stuff that we would maybe call rules for ourselves when coming up with a stage plan. That sounds okay. 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 Uh, first rule, always shoot targets from left to right. Who wants to take this one? Um, I, hear this, I hear this a lot. John. I, I will. Um, no, I'll shoot them whatever works the best. I do have a slight preference actually shooting from left or yeah, from right to left, but that's because I'm left eye dominant. So my vision tends to be a little snappier that direction, but training both directions is always important. So it really doesn't matter on the clock. It's just uh, one of those things where I, I've noticed I have a slight preference for it, but it really doesn't matter when I'm doing the stage because whatever's the most efficient. Jason, does that sound fair, sir? Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, if I'm just standing there, I, I would probably prefer if there was no benefit uh, to shoot left to right. I think most right-handed shooters prefer that. Uh -huh. But I that's not a rule. That's not something um, I would 
get hung up on. If it flowed better the other way, I wouldn't even think twice about it. I agree. Uh, Jason, I'll kick this to you first. This is the tough one. Never leave on steel. Some people have a hard rule on that. It doesn't matter what they have to do. Just I don't want to shoot steel as the last target before I leave a position. Yeah, I've never even thought of that, I don't think, as a rule. Um, I, I I don't think I have. I, so Typically, I would say I'm going to shoot what makes the most sense. Um, if the steel is the last target in the order and then I need to move, um, you, you just are extra maybe precautious that you call your shot and or start to see it move to fall. So, yeah, that may take you a little bit more time, especially if, you know, you got to move. So if you start moving and then you realize somehow it didn't fall and you have to come back, that's, you know, that's not good. So maybe it's a little bit more uh, beneficial or the right way to do it uh, would be to watch it start to fall. I mean, because you can call your shot and... I mean, you call your, you can either call your shot, you can hear the ding, or you can start, uh, uh, wait till it, for it to start to fall. You can do all three of those. And I guess on all of those, you could always have the chance of where somehow it stops falling, and then you get, you know, you know what. But um, I wouldn't, I don't think I would not purposely just say, okay, there's no way I'm shooting that as the last target. I just don't think I'd do it. Saying that, I've never been really bitten in the ass by it, so <laughs> it only takes one time for it to wreck a stage, and you're like, okay, from now on, I'm never doing that again. So, But right now, I, I think I would just really wait for it to start to fall or be eyeballing it falling and trying to process that, hey, it's falling down as I'm getting out of position. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I guess to add my two cents on this one, I don't like doing the popper dance. So, but sometimes it's necessary. So if there's a piece of steel at 20 yards, I've already got, you know, the gun mounted. I'm pointing at the steel. I shoot it. I call the shot good. And I wait, whatever that is, a fraction of a second for it to start to fall. That's probably a smart thing compared to lowering your gun, starting to leave a position, coming back, bringing the gun back up. Sometimes it just makes more sense. Um, but I wouldn't shoot a stupid order to avoid doing that if I had a choice. Yeah, I probably wouldn't want to, but if it does, like it just, it is what it is. John, yeah, what do you say? Well, oh, sorry, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, exactly. Um, you don't want to do the popper dance, but I would also say that match directors sometimes, stage designers like to do stuff that, hey, uh, I, mean, I don't want to say it's a gotcha thing, but they, and I don't mean it like in a bad way, but they, they probably would put that up on purpose like that. And so, you know, I, They'd make it so where it was so weird to not shoot that as the last target that it makes it kind of something you have to pay attention to. Be aware yeah. of that. John, does this sound fair to you? Absolutely. Yeah. I I used to do the popper dance when I was, you know, several years back and everything. Uh -huh. And I came to the realization very quickly that that just wastes more time. Just call uh -huh. a shot take that extra little bit of time and we're talking maybe a 10th or two of a second just to make sure it starts to go down and then go. Yeah. Uh, and if I'm like watching people shoot and there's a popper that I think is a little bit suspect, not that this has ever happened and match staff is not addressing it, then maybe that's an extra thing just to pay attention to. Hey, I want to make sure this popper is falling before I move on. Okay. okay. Uh, next one, John, you're up to bat shoot into or out of positions. You want to always shoot into a position. You want to always shoot out of a position. Any rules? It, it, 
it really depends on the target presentation. I mean, if it's a 25 yard mini popper or something like that, um, I may want to be a little bit more planted and have everything firmed up a little bit before I engage that. Um, I was training with a couple of guys, I believe it was last weekend, and they had a head box only with a hardcover underneath at, I want to say, 10, 12 yards, something like that. And they were really pushing the speed, and you could see their shoulders starting to drop and and really starting to lean out of position as they're engaging that head. And because of it, they kept sending rounds into the hardcover. Uh-huh. And I'm like, guys you're not saving any time and you're actually killing your score because if you're not just shooting the head, why not try and make good hits then move instead of trying to shoot your way out of position on it. If it's an open target and it's close range, absolutely. If it's a partial, you know, you can smoke at close range. Absolutely. But it really depends on target difficulty. I agree. Jason, our resident high cap guy. What do you say? I agree. Um, I think we've got another question coming up. It may be after the paywall that kind of addresses some more uh, about this topic. Uh, it may go into a little bit more deep detail, but um, I, I agree. It just depends. We would never paywall things. What do you mean, sir? How dare you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, sometimes you want to shoot in if it makes sense, but sometimes it makes sense to bypass that target and shoot another target for some other reason. So it depends. I've heard a good, um, a, a really good shooter say one time, um, there's always a rule until, uh, are the, there, the rules, the rule until it's not, you know, and he's won a few championships, so he probably knows what he's talking about. So sounds like a smart thing to say. Yeah. But uh, I mean, it, it kind of clicked but, on another level. It's like, there's always a rule until, you know, are the rule is a rule until, until it's not the rule anymore. So I agree. What do you guys say about counting steps between shooting positions? So you can walk the shortest amount. I've seen people do this at matches. Where they, they they walk, okay, it's it's only 12 paces to this one. It's 15 paces to this. I want to save three steps. What do you guys say? Do you care? Uh, it really depends, I mean, on the savings. Like, if you count it out and one weighs, like, 20 steps, the other one's 10 steps, then it matters. But... Two or three steps, I don't think really matters that much. Um, but I don't seem to count all that often. But there's a reason why I'm not a national champion. Don't sell yourself short. You're pretty good. Uh, let me add one of my, I don't know if it's a rule, but something I place in high regard when I'm walking stage or forming a stage plan. And that is stage flow. Yes. And I don't really have a textbook way to explain this other than maybe saying, if I just look at a stage and it just looks like, man, if I just shoot it this way, the targets are just going to appear in front of my muzzle. I feel very comfortable. It feels like this is a logical place where I'd want to load the gun. It feels like I could blend these positions. It just looks like I. So maybe another way to say it, if I walked, if you gave me a way to walk through the stage and I thought, yeah, I could shoot the stage that way, but I don't, I don't really love it. The plan makes okay is okay. And then somebody else gives me a plan and I walk through it or I make up a plan and it's just like, man, this feels very comfortable, very natural. This is easy to remember. To me, that would be one of, I don't know if it's necessarily a rule, but that's something I think very highly of and I put a high amount of importance on. It's just kind of how it feels compared to being a few steps more or a few steps less. 
just kind of like flowing through. Does that make sense? What do you guys think? Yeah. So like, I mean, rules would be it's it's always better to run uh, downrange than it is to run uprange, right? Mm-hmm. It, given the choice, right? If you had a, for whatever reason, you could start at the back of the stage or you could start at the front of the stage, and you got to go to the opposite end. Well, it's always faster to run downrange. So, like I said, that's the rule until it's not the rule anymore because of some other reason. So the same thing with you. Um, yeah, if I mean if if there's two plans, I go left one way or go right the other way, and somehow the, the going left way is three steps shorter, but it flows worse. I'll do the other way. Mm-hmm. So the flow is 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 a way uh, the feel the flow whatever and, and what's easier for you to hit. You usually pick something because like oh. I'm coming from here, going to here, and I can kind of be ready sooner here, and I can come in and get set up here and then push out versus I got to come in, get contorted to this awkward position, but I'm, I save two steps. So that's where the flow is really important. I agree. Uh, what about, this is another one, start on the close targets and then shoot the far targets or the reverse. People, oh, I always want to start on the hard targets. Oh, I love coming in on the easy targets, and I'll work towards hard targets. What do you guys think? I would say no on that one. Um, I don't really have a hard and fast rule. It's whatever flows better. Um, you know, some people I've seen them where they start in on a close target, and then they'll be transitioning back and forth and everything instead of just transitioning across. Um, I don't know why you would waste the time going back and forth. Uh, just do what seems kind of the easiest and you know i mean i know a lot of people who really don't they shoot double action guns to start off with and because of the da pull they're afraid of the far target or Mm -hmm. whatever so they want to hose the close target first and i'm like uh just practice shooting the far stuff (laughs) with your double action and get good at it you and your logic how dare you so if i'm just standing there and i'm shooting an array of targets and i don't have to do anything before that, and I don't have to do anything after that, I may just go to the closer to far- farther mm-hmm. just because, I don't know, it seems like it's the easier way to do it. Would you do a zigzag pattern? No, I would never. I, I don't I don't know. Um, I don't think I would go to a close target on my left, transition further, all the way to my right, and skip targets. Mm-hmm. So, like, if it was left if from from my left to right i had a close target a far far really far target and then like on my right i had really close targets i don't think i would shoot them that way so i think what you're asking is is i'm not going to zigzag based on distance to me and and go back and forth like i think what john was saying yep i would probably just work in one direction I so actually now that i think set. about it when that when i read that question i was thinking like you're going from left to right or right to left, and they're, they're as whatever direction you're going in, they're closer, and then they go further away, or the are the opposite. So, no, if that's not what you were asking, if it was like you got one on your left and you got one on the right, yes, and they're close, and then in between there, there's far ones. I would not probably do that. I don't think I'm. Yeah, I don't think I would do that. I haven't either. I've seen people do that though. They're they really like that, but I just it seems too complicated. It's like left to right or right to left if I have an option. I think that's a thing in IDPA. I know it used to be where you had like, I think it was called tactical priority. So that oh. may be a holdover and people may be kind of um, sticking with that because they've kind of ingrained that process from shooting IDPA. And then when they come to shoot, because I started in IDPA. And so when I came started shooting USPSA, I was doing things that didn't make sense. 
I'm not dogging IDPA, but no. the, when you're trying to maximize time and efficiency of motion, um, worrying about this exact thing where, oh, these two targets are closer and zigzagging back is, is inefficient. Yeah. No, I get it. In real, in real life, if they're in bayonet range, I could see why that would be a priority target. I get it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what? How is that USTSA funny? USTSA gets you killed in the streets. I had exactly. a guy tell me. I had guys. I've had guys tell me that. IDPA oh. guys actually tell me. I just, I just go. I roll my eyes at them and I go, "You see how? I wish you could like see and feel how big I'm rolling my eyes at you right now because like, <laughs> I can't tell you how how stupid that comment was." But anyways, love it, uh, Mr. Anderson. Never shoot to capacity, or uh, on the flip side. Always try to shoot at least like three quarters of mag for reloading. You know, somebody's like they're doing a stage plan. It's like two, four, six. Man, I need to find at least one or two more targets before I reload. Because I mean, there's no sense in dropping these rounds in the ground and doing extra reloads or something. What do you say? No, uh, there have been times where the stage made sense for me to shoot two rounds, drop the mag, and then load for the next position. Um, you know, I. I look at the stage. I do it like I don't have mag capacity. Um, that's the first way I look at it. And then after that, I just go, okay, well, I need to shoot these so I could do a mag change here, you know, and so forth. And um, that really doesn't come into my brain that much. Now, there are times where, like, you've seen Jake Hetherington where he did the one where he the shot and load. then he freaking yeah. did the double reload and everything. And I'm like, he can get away with that. With my reloads, I probably could not get away with that. <laughs> what do you say, Jason? I don't I know. That, I don't. I don't know that I could say that any better than what John said. Nope. Uh, and to yeah. like to repeat one part that's really, really important of what he said was I do the same thing when I'm walking a stage. It's I imagine my gun. I have like some hundred round magazine in my gun, and it does not capacity does not matter. It's just whatever's the most efficient way, the easiest way to shoot all the targets. And once I know the order I want to shoot the targets in, then like the last thing is I'll just figure out where it makes sense to reload. And the same thing. I fired two to four rounds sometimes in reloading just because that's that was just the way it worked out, the way it made sense. I would say that that's a good rule. However, that's the rule until it's not. Yeah. And and it would like any rule, if it's somehow abandoning that abandoning abandoning that rule will allow something better to happen or you to shoot the stage better than go with it. Um, I, w I do the same thing, but however, if I could somehow change that up and skip a position, I'll reload three times. You know what I mean? If it, uh -huh. it, or I'm just saying something, for instance, so I don't really care about where it is. I will then look, say, okay, where's the longest distance? And hey, that's where I'm throwing my one reload in or two maybe. But at the same time, um, if somehow it lets me, if there's an advantage later on, then I will go back and maybe revisit that. So yeah. never hold to, fast to a rule just 100% of the time. I agree. Um, what about always shoot targets further away to save steps, you know, because your bullets travel faster than you can run? Um, I, I used, I mean, that's... <laughs> John I don't Shaker think I've ever said, heard that one. Can you, can for you, me, can... yes, they definitely move faster so, than I can run. Well, they... So, so you're st you're standing in a shooting box, Jason. You can you know shoot from where you're at, which your bullets are going to go very quickly, or you can run up 
10 yards and then shoot the targets. Your bullets travel a lot faster than you running up there and shooting. I mean, that's not wrong. <laughs> well, think about it. What was it? Area three, they had the stage where it had the barrels you could jump over or whatever, yep. and you could run all the way up where you could shoot them about halfway through the stage. Uh, I was not going to run up there because it was going to take me longer to get my fat rear end all the way up there yep. to shoot those things than it was for me just to shoot the things at the mid side at say 20 yards instead of 10. Um, you know, I don't think anybody ran up there. I think everybody basically shot those targets at the last barrel row. I'll say something highly crazy. Uh, but in this case, I'm smarter than both you guys. Cause I did not go to that match, but, um, normally I would say if it's high risk, dangerous shooting, I will run up front every time normally. <laughs> again every time normally but if it's dangerous shooting normally i would prefer just to stay back or i'm sorry if it's dangerous shooting i would prefer just to get closer because it's easier i can save myself penalties potential penalties so if, if you're talking like a head box only with mm -hmm. a no shoot underneath it you'd rather get closer than trying to hose it at 25 um, 25 yards yes that would make sense but you know how often I mean, you see it occasionally, but for the most part, you see a lot of people running up and we're talking full open targets or a half a partial with a half a lower A zone on it. And they still run up there and it just takes more time. Um, I personally am not a huge fan of that, but I try to avoid running at all costs. Yeah. I mean, I kind of think um, if it's a harder target, and it requires me from further back to be more controlled, disciplined, and it's going to essentially take a longer time um, on the clock, okay, am I going to be able to run up to this ideal distance to then hose on it and in less time than it would just take me to be more controlled where I'm already established and set up? I don't think... I mean, I, I think a couple steps and you're going to lose the, all that time. Just a couple steps, five steps, and you, you probably already cost more time in just running um, just to get five steps closer. I so agree. It, it, uh, again, it always depends. What about always reload going towards your strong side? Nope. No. <laughs> no. Um, I've done some goofy crap over the years, like uh, last year's Nationals. One of the guys uh, cracked up because I shot to slide lock, but my gun didn't lock to the rear. Mm -hmm. And I was running from right to left, and I'm a right-hander. And I so I realized it while I was running, so I racked the slide while I was running across. And they were like, oh, my God, how would you do that and everything? And I'm mm -hmm. like, that's just – I realized that my gun wasn't where it was supposed to be. Hell, I've even press-checked in the middle of a freaking stage <laughs> one time because I didn't think I had a round in the chamber, and I was just curious. And I knew that if I didn't have a round in the chamber, you know, there was going to be some issues. But, you know, I, I don't care. You just got to practice going both directions, keeping that muzzle down range so you don't break the 180. And as long as you practiced it, it's not an issue. Yep. I agree. And, and, and visualized and, and uh, accounted for it in your walkthrough. Yep. Well, guys, I've already got a few more. Well, I've got a few more things on my list, and I want to hear your rules, but this is just as good a place as any to paywall this stuff. So there you go. Uh, 
Boom, we'll be back in a minute. Welcome back to Training Group Live. Uh, still sitting down with Jason and John. Guys, I've got more topics and some of my, well, some of my own topics, and I don't know what you guys have or not, but let's, uh, I want to keep going on this list because I think there's some uh, some stuff that's, that deserves more conversation. Uh, I want to talk about, this is another, another, I guess, rule that some people would say, always pick the last position if there's an awkward or shooting position. This one I see, at least in my matches, a lot. And by meaning, there's a lean, a barrel you have to shoot through, a low port. You're going to have to, like, maybe on go down to one knee so you can, you know, shoot through some port, whatever. What do you guys say? All depends on the flow. Um, you know, I am not an athletic individual, so if I can avoid going to a super low port and not have to get my big butt back up, uh, I'd like to finish on it, but if it doesn't work out that way and the way the stage flows, um, I'm not going to do that. Uh, I don't really have a hard and fast rule with that. Now, maybe if it's going to prone, mm-hmm. I would probably and try and finish out prone just because of I know that I'm definitely going to lose time on, with athletic people getting my big butt back up. But uh, other than that, not really, especially like leans and stuff like that. You know, practice your leans. Yeah. Practice aggressive leans. You should be fine. Jason, what do you say? I was actually pretty much, if you would have let me go first, uh, I would have said probably exactly the same thing. I Even the prone thing. Because the whole time he's like, I was like, yep, yep. And I was like, if he doesn't mention prone, I will. Well, that's uh, why I wanted to have John on because John talks sense. Yeah. I mean, prone is probably one I'm not going to try to do in the middle of the stage. But, again, it all depends, man. Um I'm not going to make the stage slower and harder just to have to avoid coming up from a squat or even maybe prone if uh, if it's a big enough deal. I'm not going to want to come up from prone. Prone is to me is something that gets a little dangerous. And Mm -hmm. um, so I I just wouldn't want to have to come up from that if I don't have to. But if it made sense, I would. Did you guys by any chance shoot? Was it iron sight? I think is what it was called nationals it was the uh the one in saint george yes john you were there yeah what was maybe three years ago yep okay there was a stage uh you started on kind of the right side i don't remember the exact you're kind of starting on the right side of the stage you shoot some stuff there's a very low port that a lot of people are going prone for and then you have to run all the way down to the left side of the stage does that kind of ring a bell john yeah i saw what sorry and I shot going prone and then running all the way to the left. And it you was had slow. To. Yeah. And it was still slow as balls, but it made more sense than running all the way back down, running all the way back over and finishing yeah. in prone. Well, and I actually, I was thinking about it. Of course, it wasn't even running left. It was running left and forward. Mm-hmm. So there were people that I saw people in the squad ahead of me while we we're watching people shoot the stage. They shot some targets. They shot to the stage running, I don't know, whatever it was, let's say 15 yards worth of garbage to the left in forward five to seven yards. Then they shoot the last target. They run that seven yards or five yards back, like in line with where the firing line started. Then they run all the way back to the right to back to basically where they started, then went prone to shoot six or eight shots, whatever, prone. 
And like, that's just, people had that in their mind. Like they thought that was the way to do that. And I would absolutely not do that. Like what you guys are saying, I don't like, especially prone just because, well, I know you can't set the handgun on the ground because it's outside of your control. That would be a DQ. So you have to hang on to the handgun. I say that now and then like some internet RO will correct me. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't like that at all. But th that stage was set up where you had to go prone. You had to shoot the targets and you had to get back up. Otherwise, any other stage plan was stupid on that stage. So no absolutes. But like what you guys are saying, if you have the option to end on the lean or something, sure. But otherwise, I don't really factor that into walking stages at all. Okay. Uh, what about shoot on the move anytime you can to save time? Because obviously, Jason, I'll kick this to you first. You've got a dot on your gun. And obviously shooting targets while you're moving as opposed to stopping shooting targets and then moving again. That makes sense. What do you think? Um, not to repeat myself, but everything's a rule until it's not. So mm -hmm. um, if you shooting on the move overcomplicates that process, then don't do it. If it makes it more dangerous or overcomplicates it or makes it slower, it's not helping. So I see people all the time They'll run into a position, they'll shoot, and then they'll try to be shooting backing out. But they have to go so slow because it's now, it, it was already somewhat of a difficult target, maybe in general or maybe too, di too difficult for their skill, but they decide they're going to try to move out. And mm -hmm. they, they are not only moving super slow, but their shots are now slow. And their, tran right? their transitions mm -hmm. are slow and their shots are slow because they're moving and they're unstable. It would have been just faster to run in there, shoot whatever you got to, shoot those last targets, and then bolt. I mean, there's at, at some point, there is you have to do that math or think about it. Did that save me time, and did I lose accuracy? Um, you know, you have to weigh those options. You have to weigh all that stuff. So um, shooting on the move, if it's not going to cost you accuracy and it's not making it harder, and it is actually saving you time, then yeah, you want to shoot on the move. <laughs> How about, how about, it's kind of, I don't know if it's a rule. How about just a gut check? If I look at that and I feel like what you're saying, it's pretty low difficulty and I think I can maintain a reasonable amount of movement, then that's a plus. And if I think it's dangerous shooting, I'm not sure this could happen. Or like you said, I, I like what you said, you're slowing down so slow, slow, you're barely even moving. Then that's probably a dumb idea. Is that so, fair? I 100%. Uh, another good ex uh, example I might give on that is, you you're shooting on the left and then you have to you're going to be moving but you have to then shoot immediately on the right mm -hmm. and you basically have to do um an awkward skip step or transition or to shift your hips and get them turned around mm -hmm. and so a lot of times i won't like you you people want to shoot out of a position so they'll kind of go all the way in shoot and then try to be shooting out of the position and backing up and they're taking steps back, but they got to basically do a 180 turn to get to the next targets. And you're trying to step while you're doing that. Well, I mean, sometimes you kind of have to, while you're stepping, stop stepping, plant your feet, and then switch around. So I'm not doing a probably good example or description of what I'm talking about, but it just feels awkward. There are times where I'm going, if that feels awkward, I'm not doing it. Mm -hmm. I agree. Um, what about activator sequences? Some people always think maybe I can gain a little bit. So if I if I see the you know the chance to attack a little bit, I'm going to attack. The next person says I'm just going to shoot 
the activator, wait for the target to activate, and then I'll worry about everything else. John, what do you say? Um, I basically base it off of my training experience. Um, if I know that I can shoot an activator and then shoot in, you know, a wide open target to take up some time and then shoot the activated target, I'm going to do that. Um, sometimes, you know, you got to push a little bit, especially at uh, a major match where the big boys are going to be doing that and you know they're going to be doing that. And mm -hmm. if you don't have the confidence to be able to do that, well, then you need to get your butt on the range and go train it. Um, you know, I, I've done some really aggressive activator sequences and sometimes I've hooked up on them. And there are other times <laughs> where I wish I wouldn't have done that activator sequence. But you know what? It was a learning opportunity for me. And then I just went back to the range and I practiced that type of stuff and got better at it. Um, you know, like I said, and the big boys are going to be doing it. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to push at some point. You can, if you want to, you know, if you're a B class shooter, you may not be able to pull that off, but if you want to be in contention, sometimes you got to push it. Jason, I'm very interested in what you're going to say about this. Yeah, I, so, okay. I'll tell you what I would do. If I can do it, I'm going to try to do it. If it's uh, a, a good example of where I'm not sure, okay, so at Nationals there was a stage where um, it was one of the last, almost last stages of the match, and this was last year, and there was a, a, a an activator, and it activated a really quick swinger that came out on the left side of a barrel. There was an open target and a partial target to the right that were pretty close. So... I was sitting thinking, okay, I'm going to go activator, open, partial, back to swinger. But this was really, really tight. And I remember thinking to myself, basically talked myself out of doing that because what I didn't want to happen was um, I didn't want to rush any one of those targets, especially the swinger or the partial, and have something not work out. So I ended up basically going um, activator, or which would be the popper, to the partial, Made sure I got really good vision or where I needed to look on the partial, then went to the swinger. And that worked out. And then I came back to the act, uh, the open target, which was right next to literally touching at the same elevation as the partial. And it was mm -hmm. open. But um, I didn't want to basically try to rush those two shots with a partial and then be rushing to the swinger. Because what happens is when you try to rush the, that, that time, you – you could do a couple things. You can go over and get one sight picture, pull the trigger twice. That's not a good idea on a partial. Um, you can start dragging off, dragging on, and then you're rushing to get to this activator that you see in your peripheral vision has already started. And you just, when you rush uh, and with trigger pulls, a lot of times you, you just pull twice of one sight picture. You drag, you drop, uh, you drag, or you, uh, like I said, um, on or off. And mm -hmm. then you tense up and you go low and left. There's so many things that can happen. So I didn't do it. Now, to, to what John said, and I'm not trying to necessarily disagree, but um, I'm not a big thing of uh, proponent of pushing, um, especially if you're B-class and you see what John was saying. Maybe this is not what, exactly what he meant, but if you're saying the big dogs are out there, so if the GMs are doing something, you don't necessarily need to be trying to do what the GMs are doing. If you're a yeah, B-class shooter, you need to be worrying about what you can accomplish, and that's probably what you meant. You're talking about maybe yes. other guys in your class that you're trying to compete against. but um, and, and so that'll get you into trouble sometimes watching the GM or like 
watching the open guy or the PCC shooter um, do something. And um, so you have to be realistic of what you can accomplish and where your skill's at. <laughs> so, again, yeah. it all depends. Yeah. But normally, yes, I, said, I would like to do. I would like to pick up stuff while I'm waiting. That's why I said it based on your training and experience. Yeah. You know, a B class shooter is not going to be able to push and do something like JJ or Ben's going to be able to do. But if you're, say, in the top sixteen or whatever, you probably should be able to do what. I mean, very yeah. close to what they're doing. So yep. you're going to have to push that a little bit. I agree. My very first, uh, one of my very first matches, it might have been like my first or second USPSA match, was Area 4, like I think in 2017. And there was a uh, pretty interesting activator sequence on one of the stages, and I basically hit Popper and went to the, I think, the activator. And I waited and waited and waited forever. <laughs> then you sit there and watch Hetherington shoot. I was shooting production at the time. Heathering shot another popper, shot a skunk, shot an open, <laughs> shot a plate, and and, and <laughs> I'm not joking. No, he's and phenomenal. Then, I don't yeah, doubt and it. Then, and then shot the activator, and I remember I was like, "Holy, you know, shit!" <laughs> so, but I was also like new to the sport, and um, yeah, it just it wasn't a good idea. So that was the best thing for me. Uh, for this, I'll just summarize quickly my rule of thumb. Basically, for not a better way to explain it, comes down to a gut check. If I look at it, yep, I've got this, no big deal. And if it's like, well, I think I can, I hope I can, maybe I can, I've already answered my own question. The answer is no. And that would be something to work on in training, like what John's saying, because prior training and experience is going to tell you. And that's kind of where I would say that gut check comes from, is prior training and experience. Because then you could just look at something like, yep, like, hey, hey, why don't you hold my finger film this? This is going to be good. Like, this will be an Instagram hit. Watch me do this. Like, I already know it's going to go well. But if you're like, well, I'm not so sure. Well, let's see how this goes. Well, here goes nothing. Like, yeah, I don't even need to watch. I already know what's going to happen. You've already told me. So uh, being very realistic about those. Because I, I don't think it's a good idea to go super aggressive. But it's even if you're in C-class, I don't think C-class and stand there is a good idea where you're like, nope, I'm just going to shoot the activator or I'll shoot the, the popper, whatever that activates, and I'll just wait on whatever shows up. Like, yeah, if you're in C-class, there might still be something you could do in your downtime. Maybe it's not as many targets as, like, you know, John or Jason are, you know, smashing a bunch of targets. Maybe it's only one target where these guys would be taking two or three, but I would always be looking to see what you could do in the downtime because, you know, be smart, all that stuff. Um, okay, next next common thing is I'm just going to pick the easiest stage to remember. It might not be the best stage. It might not be the worst stage. I can just remember this. I'm just going to call it good. Is that one, this one my turn? Yeah, whoever wants to. Jason, you're, um, you're amped up and ready to go. I, I, think, tell. I think that's the probably the most correct rule that we've heard so far. Um, if you've heard people say it. I've heard people say it. Most of the time, the stage plan is not really going to matter. Mm -hmm. If you go left or right, it's not going to matter. If you got to travel the same amount of distance, adding 30 extra steps, that's going to matter. Adding four extra positions, that's going to matter. But doing it left or right or this order or this order is probably not going to matter. But what you can do and, and, and execute is 100% where you need to start and everybody needs to start there 
I don't care who you are, you'd be the best shooter in the world. Uh, in the world, and if you can't remember it or execute it, it does not matter. So that is the probably most solid rule that there is, in my opinion. And, and one last thing about that, I tell people this that I'm, I, you know, that I coach and stuff. I say, look, the biggest thing you could do right now is no, no, it's not your footwork. No, it's not your this. It is. I see you when you run a stage. I'll see people. Uh, we've all done it. They'll be looking around like kind of like, well, where do I go now? Um, they've forgotten something. Mm-hmm. They're out of place. They're having to kind of think, and, you know, and all that's time on the clock because they didn't program the stage or they tried too difficult of something or something went wrong. So pick something you can execute. Drop the mic. No more. John, yeah. you, can add, you can add or take away. I'm sorry. Yeah, they've got nothing to add to that. That was about – that's pretty spot on. That was good. Uh, that was kind of the ones I had. I mean, I, most, I'll be real with you. I think every one of these, at some point or another, I've had this conversation at a match where somebody is not a troll, very strongly feels about, you know, one way or the other on those conversations. So I think it's important because obviously people have a lot of different views. Uh, do you guys have any, well, I'll give one of mine first. And if you guys have any rules for yourself, you can, you can chime in. But one of mine, I kind of for a lack of a better word, it's just gut check. That is huge for me, definitely a rule. If I see something that I don't care what Ben does, or if I'm shooting with both you goons, and you guys go knock something out of the park, and I look at it, and I'm like, man, Jason did that really well. I could I could probably do that, I think. I'm pretty sure I could do that. Like, I've already answered my own question. I'm not going to do that. I'll, I'll, you know, take the extra reload, stop instead of, you know, and post up instead of trying to shoot through, whatever. So... My rule for me is I pick a plan I know I can execute. No, not think, hope, wish. And I think some people lose that. I mean, they're so worried about these other rules. They kind of miss the boat in the sense of like, yeah, I understand your rule. Like we've been saying this whole time, kind of it depends. But if you pick a plan, is it something like you said, I like the easy stage plans as long as it's not stupid. Can you remember it? Can you do it? And what's the likelihood something is going to go wrong? Reactions on that? I like it. Yeah. Man, you guys talk too much. Um, also, so being real with you, I would prefer to shoot targets left to right. I do prefer shooting uh, near targets than working towards far targets. So I make it a point to train on the orders I don't love as much. Yep, 100%. So I'll be going to some... The other thing uh, to point out, like in training, well, John, like you train with me, we'll set up, uh, we have a wall section, you have a couple little different positions, there's just garbage spread out all over the range, and then you say, okay, from this side of the wall, you have to shoot these four targets, I'll come in on a target, like a, a hard setup where it's a difficult shot, it wouldn't make any sense if this was an actual stage, but just to try to work on shooting a hard target first, whatever I perceive to be a hard, a, a more difficult target. You know, shooting far to near that I don't necessarily love doing, but I might have to do in a match. So I do think it's really important to work on, you know, strengthening all those things that maybe I don't love doing. So that way I don't have such a strong preference. Or maybe I'll always have my preference, but train on the way that I don't love as much. Um, Do you guys have any rules yourself? Jason? Um, Try to do it right the first time. Ooh, tell me more. I was uh, coaching a guy today a little bit, and we were 
doing some transition to a, 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 a steel plate. And I said, it's after I had missed it a couple times, I said, here's why I'm missing it. I'm not looking to the spot. I'm muscling the gun. I'm trying too hard. Um, and then I started doing it right. And I said, look, that's not when I was missing it. I was like, that's not me. Me missing it was not any faster than it was when I was hitting it. So I'm not saving time. There's no time saved there, even though I'm missing it, right? I wasn't even if I would have hooked up, it wouldn't have been any faster, but I missed it. And I did it a couple more times and I had another miss and I went back each time I was transitioning off of it to another piece of, uh, or to another target. And I had to shoot two more targets and then I would come back to it. And I said, each time I've done that, I had to come back to it. I said, that's half a second. It's what it shows on the clock. I said, so it's never faster to do it. It's always fastest to do it right the first time. I like that. Yeah. If you've got it, another example would be is if you overswing a target and you see it because you just looked in the general direction, except for your eyes, or rather your eyes should snap to the spot on the target. So you overswing the target and you have to come back to the A zone. That's never faster than doing it right the first time. And you didn't swing the gun usually any faster anyways. You just imprecisely looked at a spot in a general direction versus the exact spot you needed to have the gun show up to. So not only was it not faster, even if you would have done it right, I don't know if I'm explaining this right, you swinging the gun left to right from target A to target B, you didn't do that any faster. But because you didn't look at the exact spot and have the gun show up there, you had to then come back to the, the, the correct spot. So that's slower. Mm-hmm. You, you think that if you muscle something and you tense up that it's going to be faster to do that or if you if you just look in the general area and pull the trigger and hope it hits it's going to be faster it's not any faster now there's a difference between getting different sight pictures that take less time because of the, of the refinement required mm-hmm. but doing a simple task of for instance i was telling the guy this on the other day on the phone if you need if you're standing at a start stick and you the first thing you have to do is take a step inside the the shooting area and draw the gun if you do that tense and you try to muscle that, you're not going to do that any faster than if you did that relaxed and, and didn't waste any time. So certain tasks take a certain amount of time to, to take a step, for instance. That takes what it takes. You can't muscle yourself to do it faster. But you can tense up and do something less precisely. And it's not, and it, not only was it not any faster, it was less precise, and now you've got to correct the imprecision, and it's also slower now. Man, you guys just talk sense. I love it. So I always try to just really focus on it's always faster to do it right the first time. Yeah, I like it. Guys, as the saying goes, I think this is a bang up podcast. Training group members, if you have questions, both these guys are in training group. Uh, Feel free to leave your questions below and we'll get it answered. Thank you for listening to Training Group Live. Stay up to date at practicalshootingtraininggroup.com or pstg.us for short. If you have a question or a comment, head to the Training Group Live section of the forum. Remember, the best questions turn into show topics. If you aren't a member of PSTG, we hope today is the day we earn your subscription. And with that, train frequently, train hard, but most of all, train smart.